Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. So we're so thankful that you're out here today, and uh, as you turn your Bible to Isaiah chapter 54, would you say this with me? Today, today I, receive I receive the Word of God, the, word of God, the prophet me, the prophet and reproof me, and reproof convict me, me, and instruct me, and to righteousness, that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You just quoted 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. I said Isaiah 54, I'll get there in just a moment, but uh, as we get in the Word today and we're, we're casting vision, sharing vision today, as you can see, we're doing something a little different today. I just felt led in my heart to have my wife up here. Uh, because of some things that have transpired just this week in this particular ministry. Uh, but uh, when, when, when we talk about vision, we want to encourage you to write down your visions. We want to pray over those visions. Uh, I said last week, and please, I hope you can uh, not take offense and forgive me. I said that last week I'd be praying over your visions. But I'd like for you to take a little more time to pray about it. And we will pray over it today if you want us to. Um, but... Um, you know, uh, we will pray over it maybe next week or the week after that or both. Some people can't be here today, so we'll pray over it next week. But however, whenever you, re whenever you want us to pray over your vision, we will. We're not going to look at your vision, you know, but we're going to talk to you about how to develop a vision and how to keep the vision alive in your own life. And Isaiah 43, 18 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. See, that's one of the keys to receiving from God. You know, uh, I, I really appreciate the presentation Brenda gave to Into Action. I had no idea she was going to give the presentation today. But uh, we believe in coincidence, or do we believe in divine appointments? I believe in divine appointments, and it's this month that I'm teaching at Into Action. Uh, I've been asked to teach. They, uh, we're a part of their ministry, and I've been asked to teach. And I teach the first Monday of every month in the month of January. And some of those men that were on there, those are men I ministered to just last Monday. I'll be there tomorrow night ministering to them. And uh, it's the highlight of my years to minister at the end of action, you know, because they've been oppressed and God wants to set them free. And uh, one of the things that I shared with the men, I said, one of the things that is so vitally important in your own life is to let go of the past so that you can have the mentality that God wants to bless you. You know, so many times, and you've heard me say it, so many times we have a hard time believing that God wants to bless us. Well, let me ask you something. Do you feel like you would be maybe a little more in a better position to receive from God if you never made a mistake? Well, sure you would. But you need to understand that God sees you as if you've never made a mistake. You know, and so when Jesus said, I'm anointed to come and heal the brokenhearted, you know, that's one of the things that Jesus wants us to do. He wants to heal you internally, emotionally, uh, psychologically, if we could say it that way, so that you can receive from God. And so that's one of the keys to receiving the vision that God has for you, the purpose that God wants to do in your life is be able to let go of the past. There's not one person that's perfect in this room. And there was only one person who was perfect. And from the very beginning of his death, there was an assignment to kill him. So aren't you glad you're not perfect? 
you know, and, uh, but, but he was perfect. That was Jesus, and we know that. So one of the keys is don't remember the former things, especially the negative things. I'm not talking about testimonies of the goodness of God. We need to rehearse those. But you know what? There are things in our lives we just need to let go. Not only things that maybe we've done, but things that other people have done to us. That's another one. And so, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. And it was about our anniversary this last year that God spoke to me and began to really stir me up on this new thing. And uh, Brother Jerry Savelle had gotten a word, you know, uh, unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God, the open hand of the Lord. And I knew it was going to take the open hand of God to do this new thing. But you know, even though it may not be new to God, it's new to us. And one of the things that I've been praying was, God, don't let me miss it. You know, we can have these preconceived ideas of what this new thing may be. You know, we can have a preconceived idea of what divine reversals are. We can have a preconceived idea of what, you know, a divine acceleration is. But yet God has, wants to bring it a different way, and we can miss it. So I've been asking God to open up my eyes, really help me to hear from the Lord so I don't miss this new thing that he is doing. And in a moment here, there was a word spoken in 2010, and we're going to hear that word again spoken by my wife, uh, that God's doing a new thing. And, uh, and so we have to know that God's doing a new thing, and he wouldn't tell us he's doing a new thing if he didn't know or didn't have an understanding or didn't want you to be a part of that new thing. He wants you to be a part of that new thing. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to be a part of that new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I will even make roads in the wilderness. What is that saying? What he's really saying here is I'm going to make a way when there seems to be no way. You know, I mean, we've seen God do some great things, but you know what? He's got some greater things to do. You know, and we don't want to be like that man who told the king and told the prophet when the prophet said, by this time tomorrow, you know, the recession's going to be over, the drought's going to be over, everything's going to be fine. And, if he, and he said, you know, well, if God opened up the windows of heaven, how could this thing happen? You know, and the prophet said, well, it's going to happen, but you're not going to participate of it. We don't want to be that person. We want to be that person of, hey, I'm going to step into this new thing. He's going to make a road. He'll make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the deserts. Uh, the beast of the field will honor him, the jackals, the ostriches, because I give water in the wilderness, the rivers in the desert, to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. In other words, for such a time as this, God wants to show off his glory in your life. They shall declare my praise. The expanded Bible says it like this in verse 19. Look at the new thing or prepare yourself for the new thing I'm going to do. It is already happening. Now, you know, one of the things about God's word is he wouldn't have said it if it wasn't already in motion. He wouldn't have said it if it wasn't already provided. A lot of times we end up praying for things that God's already provided. This is why it's so important we learn more about God so that we can receive what God has for us. It's already happening, sprouting up and spring up. Don't you see it? I'll make a road, a pathway in the desert, the wilderness, the return from Babylon portrayed as a new exodus. You know, this is a type and shadow of the author who, who wrote the ex, uh, expanded Bible. He's saying this. He said, look, other words, things in the world may keep people in bondage, but I'm taking you out of the world because I am doing a new thing. It's like a new exodus for the church. You know, lately the church has not been the standard in America, but I'm here to tell you that America was set by the standard of the church. Amen. 
I'm here to tell you God's going to restore that again. Amen. We're going to see the church be the standard. Yeah. The word of God be the standards. And so Isaiah 54, that's the one that I, I asked you to start out with. It says, Sing, O barren, you have not born. Bring forth in the singing and cry aloud, you who have labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Let me ask you something here right now and stop and think. How do we refer to the church in a pronoun? In a feminine way, right? Her, she, the bride. You know, well, is this a type and shadow of God talking to the bride again? Is he saying to the church, hey, you've not born much. You haven't done much, but more, says God, are those who are desolate. More are those who are downtrodden. More are those who are the remnant, God is saying here, you know, in, to the church. So he went on to say this to the church. He's saying this to you. He's saying this to me. Enlarge. Tell your neighbor, enlarge. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. How many of you know uh, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 14 when it talks about the gifts, what the word of knowledge is? Anybody, everybody here know what that is? The word of knowledge is when someone is speaking, all of a sudden they have something they know about you by the Spirit that they shouldn't know about you. Okay, a lot of times it works, manifests in our ministry through healing. You know, all of a sudden I'll know God wants to heal somebody who maybe has a bad back or, or and sometimes it'll be real specific. How did I know that? Word of knowledge. Now let me ask you something. Would God give me that word of knowledge to encourage someone to be healed if he wasn't planning on healing them? Well, no. He, 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 he's not going to you know, give you false hope. He's going to give you hope. And that's what the word of knowledge is. Well, you know what? Right here is a word of knowledge. He's saying, you know, he's telling us to do something because he's anticipating to fill it. Hello, somebody. For you shall... You shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations. Your descendants. Uh, the, and make the desolate cities inhabitants. You know what? We may have physical descendants, but you know in the church we have spiritual descendants. Our descendants will inherit the nation. You know who our descendants are? Our children. That's who our descendants are. Not our children in the natural realm. The children that are in this nation, the children that are in this city, the children that are in this county, that's our inheritance right there. And it says, and they shall, our descendants will inherit it. So what do we have to do? We have to prepare our children to inherit, don't we? And make the desolate cities and habits. Don't fear, for you'll not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you'll not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth, and you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. The Message Bible says it like this. It says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Well, folks, we have 37 acres here. Isn't that wonderful? That's not a coincidence. You know, we're thankful. We're very, very thankful. We're not boastful, but we're thankful. We're a debt-free ministry and have been for many, many years. And we're very, very thankful for what God's doing. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use of rope, drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. Amen. You know, we're, we have a growing family here. We have a growing family here. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not 
going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. And you're, going to come, you're not going to come up short. Hallelujah. You know, and so this is what the word of the Lord is to us. This was a prophetic word spoken to us a few years ago. And when this particular word was spoken to me a few years ago, I had a Gideon moment. And that Gideon moment was, Lord, really? You know, I've had a lot of words spoken over me. You know, another word, really? And so anyway, after I had that moment, I did not vocalize that. I thought that. But after I had that moment, I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, what is it about me? You know, I'm so, you know, why can't I receive? This is a word from you. I know it is. But why can't I receive it? He said, well, read read the next scripture. He said, because it's shame. You're shamed. And so when I looked at it and, and went back to it, you can see in the, in the verse 4, shame's mentioned four times. Do not fear, for you'll not be ashamed, number one. Neither be disgraced. The word disgrace is parallel and almost means, when you look it up in the Hebrew, shamed. All right, number two. For you, you, for you will not be put to shame, number three. For you'll forget the shame, number four. And you'll not remember the reproach, which is shame, of your widowhood anymore. And so the Lord began to deal with me about, you know, allowing shame to get rooted in my own soul. And I had to go and let God heal me of shame. Well, as a result of that healing, you know, that put me back on the right direction to know that, you know, God has a plan for this house. The word tents here means tabernacles, dwellings, places, coverings, and home. So in 2010, we had this powerful word given to us. And I want my wife to share that word at this particular time. She's the one who gave it. And it was a, a, a unique service. It was, there was a lot of different things that were going on at that particular time prior to the service. I mean, physically. There was a, there's too much to mention here. But a lot of things that were really preparing us to step into this word for 2010. So, honey, go ahead and give that word. She's not going to give all of it, but she's going to give the word that was spoken to this church because she gave a couple of prophecies to people at that time too. So go ahead. So, as he said, I came up and I called him up. And so, I wasn't eye to eye, but I'm eye to, eye to you today, and I'm going to say it back to you that way. So, I'm going to declare it over him, and then I'm going to declare it over you. Because to us, everything that we have seen and believe for goes back to this word. Yes. This is the word of the Lord. And there are so many words in the last few years that have connected to this word. And we are seeing it in a greater way than we've ever seen it. Amen. So it's very important for us as a body to take hold of it. So he said, you have to look at me. We've entered into the next phase of the ministry. And this phase will not be like other phases. This phase will be a place where you have never walked in before and you've never been mentored in before and never seen before. The phase we are entering into will bring glory and honor to my name. It will be much different than what you have thought. It will be much different than what you have seen. Your heart has cried out and asked, and your heart has cried out to know the way that I want church to be. Because your heart has asked me and because you have reached out to me, I will show you what I long for on the earth. 
I will show you what I consider church, and it's much different. So my young man, he really liked that part. (laughs) Keep your heart open, for the days ahead will be much different. The days ahead will be glorious. Will fill my house with my presence. And as my house is filled with my presence, I will bring them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Many who don't know anything about church, many who have heard from a distance, many different people will come. But they will come because I am being glorified in the house. They will come because it's not church as normal. They will come because there are hungry people seeking me. There are people looking for answers. There are people in desperate situations. There are people out there who don't know which way to go. There are so many things that are speaking to them and so many voices calling to them. But my voice will be heard above all and my voice will speak and my voice will draw them in. It is the voice of many waters and will speak to many people and will cause them to come in and they'll come to see the truth. They'll see my glory and will hunger after me. So my son, get ready, get ready for these days ahead. I have prepared you a team and prepared you a place. Now it's my time and my hour to be glorified on the earth. So don't again, I say, don't look at the way things have been. Oh no, but look ahead. And then I turned to the church and I said to the church, I say to you, get ready. Don't look for things to be done the norm. Don't look for things to be as you have always seen them done. Don't get into that place that says, oh my church, my church did it this way. But get into the place that you are saying, God, I want it your way. I give, I give you glory. I want you to be glorified in this earth. I will yield to you, Lord, and I will say, have church your way, not my way. So everybody say, have church. Have church. Your way. Your way. Not my way. Not my way. Many of you have stood out there and looked at the word of God and said, God, what does this mean? How does this work? How does this operate? You're asking, how does the kingdom of God operate? How do we we step into this? How do we look at this? Well, your eyes are being opened up. And in the days ahead, the glory will be manifested on you. And you will begin to see. Oh, I didn't understand that. I knew it was right, but I didn't understand how to move in it and how to flow in it, how to flow in the move in the things of God, so that you will know how to move in and receive what God has said. For this is the hour that my church will receive, and my church, my church, what have we been talking about in this house? The body of Christ stepping into those things. The church will move out and receive all the promises in the word. Those who are hungry and those who are thirsty after my truth will get what they are seeking after. They will receive the freedom and the liberty that I have told in my word. For I am not holding you back, not keeping you back. I am moving in the midst of my people to raise them up 
and be used in this hour in a glorious, glorious way. I will use you in signs and wonders as you have read of the apostles of old. You know, we got to look at that. No, that's not impossible. That's what God is saying to us. Those things that they have entered into and those things that they walked in and those things that they moved in, many of you have longed to see those things and they have not manifested in your life. But in this hour and in this day and in this move, you will see not only what the apostles and prophets did of old, but you will see my glory manifested in you and through you. I think I'll say that again. And you will see my glory manifested in you and through you because this is my time and I have looked, gone across the earth and I have looked for a people and I have found some. No, this is not the only church that I have found who is hungry, but you are a part of that move and a part of that people. And I just want to enter, enter into this little part. You know, since this word was in 2010, God has raised up hubs. You know, we are called the Revival Hub of Mid-America, and he's raised up hubs across the nation. You know, you see the connection now. This is 13 years later, and you're hearing churches call them hubs. You're hearing people talk about the move of God. You hear the people talking about, you know, what God is raising up in this hour and what God is doing to change a nation. We didn't know that back in 2010. But God was prophesying what he wanted in 2010. And he said, you have resisted, you have resisted the plans of the evil one. You may look around and think, I don't think I've resisted. I remember when I said that, I thought, you got to be kidding me. I, all, I almost thought in some of that we, we were failing. But God knows. They look like they are upon you, but you resisted. You've held steady. I'm saying this to us. I'm saying this to the people who have been with us for a long time. I'm saying this to the church. You have held steady. I just want you to know you've held steady. And you've stayed in that place. And I will use you. I will use you. So keep that anticipation open because this house will be filled. Not only will these chairs be filled, but this place will be filled. This property will be filled. I have much plans for this property that I have not even revealed to my son and my daughter. You know, he gave us these 37 acres, and they've sat vacant. 30 acres have sat vacant for all these years. But God's telling us, this is the word of the Lord for 2023. And he told us we stood in what we know because when we entered, when we came and looked at this land, we weren't looking for land. We knew that we needed to move, but we weren't looking for land. And when we came from Fort Worth, Texas, we weren't thinking about having 37 acres. We were thinking of a building. He's enlarged us, stretched forth. That's what he's doing. You, you may not be able to see everything right now in your own personal life, but if you'll take Isaiah 54 and enlarge the place of your tent, there's much to be done in the kingdom of God. Amen.
and much to accomplish each and every one of us for the kingdom of God. So he said, I haven't opened it all up to them because they were not able to see it, for they have stood on what they have seen so far. But I'm about to reveal more to them. I'm about to show them some things. I'm about to give you the church dreams, and I'm about to give you visions so that you can see and you can jump in. See, so that's a decision that we have to make. You want to jump in? We haven't fought this battle for nothing. <laughs> yeah, we have stood to see this word come to pass. I don't want you to stand back and watch from afar, and I don't want you standing back anymore. I want you to participate. This is God talking to the church. I want you to participate in talking this word and doing it and manifesting as the sons of God in this hour. So look up. And be the church. Yes, my glory is here today. It is here a little bit. But not to the amount that I'm about to do on this earth. And in this church. And through my people. And God has been talking about the glory. Not just in this house. But across this nation. About the glory that's coming. And how God's raising up the church. And as Pastor said earlier. Raising up the standard back in the, this nation. That it's built on the firm foundation that our forefathers fought and shed their blood for, for you and I to walk in the liberty and the freedom. And so we're going to have to take this word by faith. And we're going to, I think some of the things he's going to do, we're going to connect the words of what Jerry Savelle said and what Dennis Burke prophesied, how these words connect to this vision that we have fought for for 13 years. Because... I don't know which one of us are supposed to say this, but when I gave this word, this is the word of the Lord. And just like the prophets of old, when they gave words and people didn't understand them or didn't know how to grasp them, they came against the word of God. Mm -hmm. And they said, they said to different prophets, they said, we don't want to hear what you have to say. They said to different prophets, what they were doing was refusing the word of God. And what the devil does is fight the word. And this was the word of the Lord for this land. So in 2010, that was the word that was spoken. This last week, I felt led of the Lord. And uh, I don't do this flippantly. Trust me, I really don't. Uh, but I asked the church to fast. We are on a 21-day fast. I'm not asking you to fast food for 21 days. Uh, but I would, you know, maybe you might want to fast social media. That's, I'm not telling you to fast social media. That's just a thought, you know, whatever. Uh, I know I fasted, and I'm fasting still. Uh, but for the last uh, seven days, I fasted food. I just did liquid, uh, just water, basically. And uh, after men's breakfast yesterday, I came home, and she was telling me that her and Patricia were praying. And they prayed this word again. And the Lord spoke to me and said, the bands of wickedness have been broken. Hallelujah. Towards this word. He said that because that's the fast I proclaim. A fast, it says Isaiah 58, 6, is this not the fast I've chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, undo the heavy burdens, uh, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. 
and that has happened concerning this word. Every other word that we've received from Dennis Burke, Pastor Bob Nichols, from Jerry Savelle, all correlate back to this word. Remember what Brother Jerry said, now I know, okay? Now's the time. Why? Because this has been broken. And like she said, the moment that she spoke that word, you know, the spirit, and we know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and weaknesses in high places, began to manifest. And the criticism that we received and the, and the challenges, you know, why doesn't she shut up? Why do you let her prophesy? Why do you let her speak? You know, it, it, it appeared and that a, a group of people decided to prove this word was never going to come to pass. And, uh, but we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood and principalities. And the first thing they attacked was our school. Why? Because we'll have many. The desolate will have many. We are called to raise up generations, not a generation, not just the next generation, but generations. And that's what they be, you know, you ought to, you know, I can't tell you how many times you ought to shut the school down. It's not working, you know, and put heavy burdens on us. The school ought to do this. The school ought to do that. Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? You know, and, uh, you know, those are some of the things that we stood through. And, and we eventually now have, you know, and it's not that, you know, we had bad people, but we have a great staff in our school. Amen. That deserves an applause. And uh, this is one reason why we believe God gave us the 37 acres, you know. And so, again, a lot of our, our, our children's program, our youth program was attacked, and it depleted quickly. And so, but the Lord spoke to me. He said, now the bonds of wickedness have been broken. And now, and so from the beginning of this word, the moment this word was spoken, the spirit rose up to try to stop this word. How many times do you see that in the Old Testament with a prophet? You see it over and over and over again. Somebody say to Pastor Vicky, Pastor Vicky, prophesy. We release you to prophesy. Amen. And and you know it's a it's a it's a a real benefit to a church to have a prophet in the church. Most churches have to bring somebody who's in that office. But we have a prophet right here in the office. And we want to celebrate, not her, but the gift that God's given us. And that's so important. And so where do we go from here? Well, then from here, what we're going to do is we're going to begin to proclaim the vision of the house. And uh, as we proclaim the vision of the house, we want you to get in agreement with us. Because it says, I believe in Haggai, it said, you know, why is your house so ruined? Why do you have, you know, like you put money in your pocket and it just falls through? He said, what about my house? You know, and the truth is God's saying, if you'll put my house first, I'll put your house first. You know, yeah. now it's not a performance thing, but that's basically, you know, the understanding. If we'll put God first, seek first what the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. Isn't that what the word of God says? So when you put God first, what's going to happen to you? So we're going to share with you a little bit about vision and, and how to make that vision plain, because we're going to agree with your vision, but we want you to agree with the vision of the house. The back of chapter 2, verse 2 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision 
and make it plain on the tab tablets, okay, that they may run who reads it. Now, I'm the type of person that when I'm in a, involved in an organization as an associate, you know, I was this way when Pastor just thought about doing something. He was thinking about an outreach, doing an outreach, what can we do? Well, the next week, I had everything lined up for him. I, was ra I ran with everything that I saw. You know, that's the type of person I was. When I saw the vision, I knew exactly my part in it. I ran with it. I'm ready to go. The Message Bible says it like this. And God answered and said, write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that you can read, so it can be read on the run. So it can be read on the run. In other words, you know, you're, you're seeing this is what you do next. The vision gives direction. The vision, the message is, is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. Ooh. You know, God is like, let me do this. Let me do this. Yeah. Let me do this. It can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. <laughs> it's on its way. It'll come right on time. We don't often do this, but sometimes we do. Vicki ministered on the vision on Thursday night, and she made this statement, and so did, I think, Brother Jerry Savelle said this too, but how long was it before Abram had a child after God spoke to him and said, you'll be a father of many nations? 25 years. In fact, the truth is, you know, uh, he, uh, after he had Ishmael, was, which was not God's best, God didn't speak to Abraham for another 12 years, and it was after Abraham was circumcised, which is in type and shadow of all hearts being circumcised from our past, okay, it wasn't until he fathered Isaac. And so we see this, you know, so God's done a work, you know, so don't get discouraged because you haven't seen it come to pass yet, because if God spoke it to you, it is in motion. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell your miracles in motion. Your miracles in motion. So one of the things that we want to do is we want to take a moment to give an example of how to write your vision down, what we're doing, you know, and how, how to do it biblically. So again, one of the visions of this house is this year expanding the children's ministry, which includes the academy, which includes the academy. So this is what we have written down in our vision. Father God, you said in your word to train up a child. Point them in the right direction and to live the right way. We declare today that the ministry of Family Worship Center is expanding in the children's ministry and academy. We are enlarging the place of our tent. We declare we have an ample supply of children ministry workers. <laughs> we declare the children's ministry expanding. Your word says more of the children of the desolate. And the word desolate means to be stunned or appalled or deserted of the woman, more, than, more uh, children of the desolate woman than the married woman. We call forth the fullness of the children's ministry. We call forth the fullness of Columbia Christian Academy. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the things that Vicki said Thursday night that I thought was worth repeating, you know, yes, we want to pray over your vision, but, you know, we're not saying that you can't have 20 visions or you can't have 20 desires. We understand that. But let's focus on what we can really believe for. What can you really believe for? 
You know, there was a time that, you know, I didn't have very many clothes. And after I met my wife and I realized that I wasn't the spiffy dresser <laughs> that I thought I was, um, you know, Help us all. <laughs> I didn't know there was a clothing store called, you know, Big and Tall. I didn't know that existed. And so anyway, and, and uh, when I grew up, not that my parents were poor, but I grew so fast, they only gave me two pairs of pants and three shirts. And that's what I had for three months. And then I got new, two new pairs of pants and three shirts. And so I grew up with a kind of a poverty mentality in the area of, of, of clothing. It wasn't a big deal. And uh, when I met my wife and going into the ministry and realized that clothing is important, your presentation is important, and things like that, you know, I didn't have a whole lot. didn't have a whole lot of money. You know, suits were expensive. Sports coats were expensive. And extra tall, extra long, were even more expensive. And so anyway, I heard Brother Copeland say, you know, if you're believing God for a suit or you don't have suit faith, why don't you believe for some socks? So that's where I started. And sure enough, somebody gave me a bag full of socks with a Rolex watch. <laughs> yeah, but it was an imitation Rolex watch. <laughs> but hey, started somewhere, right? You know? Well, when I lost the weight that I lost and I had to get rid of all my suits, I got rid of 20 nice suits. That's where God took me, okay? So you got to start. Where can you start? You know, if you're believing for millions, can you just believe for hundreds of thousands if you haven't received it yet? If you're at the point where you're receiving hundreds of thousands, please be a tither. But anyway, <laughs> but, you know, uh, but if you're believing for big, believe where you know it's more than what you can do, stretch, yeah, but it's it. not where you're at, okay? It's more than what we can do. What we want to do is more than what we can do because we're believing God for a new facility for the child. I mean, for the academy, because we need this half of the pro, uh, of the building for our children's and youth ministry over here. We need that now. We know that because we saw it in the Spirit. God spoke it to her in prayer. God said to her, "We have. I have need of that now." So we know that. Okay, and plus the fact that because of our limited space, we can do multiple classes, but that's very, very difficult on our teachers. And so, you know, we'd like for our teachers to be, be able to have single classes, like a first grade teacher, just to have first graders. Wouldn't that be nice? But we don't have that now. <laughs> what did you say, Randy? But anyway. <laughs> and we need that. You know, we need the space. We, we're believing God. And somehow God's going to make it happen, okay? Yes. Secondly, we're believing for an increase from last year of $150,000 in our budget. We need that. Why do we need that? Because I need another staff person, okay? And that staff person's already been chosen of God, and that's Eric Unger. He wants to work here. He wants to be here, but I can't pay Eric what he's being paid now because they won't be able to make it financially, okay? So we've got to have an increase. Now, I'm not going to pay Eric $150,000, but we do need that increase to be able to add other staff too, like a youth minister here in the future and things like that, you know. And, uh, and so we, we can get there, you know. And the honest truth is that when that word was spoken, we had 13 paid employees. 
Okay, so we had that budget at one time to do that. And our employees were paid well. And so we, we need to see this manifest not only again, but more. And didn't God say through Brother Jerry Savelle, divine reversal? Yep. Okay, who's he going to use? Hmm? Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to use you. God wants to use you. There you go. So here's our, here's our declaration of the $150,000 in our vision. Father God, we call in an increase of $150,000 in the Family Worship Center this year. Your word says when we give, it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. When we water, we will be watered. When we give to the poor, Proverbs 28, 27, those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them will receive many curses. What are we doing to end the action? We're giving to the poor, aren't we? He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. Folks, if we got back what we gave in the missions in this church, you know, this wouldn't be an issue. But we're not asking God to give back what we gave him. We're asking God to honor his word, to see his word perform. We're expecting that. Where it's given, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Wasn't the word of the Lord that Brother Jerry gave was there's going to be people of means that are going to come, you know, and start giving and sowing, and we're going to see increase because now he knows that we stood. We stood on this word here. We stood on this word here. We stood on the promises of God. We didn't run from the attacks. We didn't run from the criticism. We just stood and held our ground. Well, absolutely, that's what's going to happen. So again, I'll start all over again. Father God, we call in an increase of $150,000 this year in the Family Worship Center. Your word says when we give, it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. When we water, we will be watered. When we give to the poor, Proverbs 28, 27, those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them will receive many curses. Proverbs 19, 17, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. Proverbs 22, 9, he who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives bread to the poor. Family Worship Center has given to the poor, to missions, and to others in need. We call in the harvest in order for us to do more and be a greater blessing. We call in the finances in order to put Eric Unger on full-time staff. Amen. Amen. That's our vision. All right, so at this time, we're going to have Eric and Randy stand up here. I know we're doing things different, but the word of the Lord was in 2010, we do church God's way, amen? amen. All right, we're going to have, uh, Hezer doesn't know this, and I'm giving him a work assignment now. We're going to have a picture of Eric up there on the screen every service, and it's going to, it's going to be something along the lines, I'll figure it out a little later. We're believing God for Eric to come on staff, Amen. And our confession is Eric's coming on staff. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Can, so re, can I so, jump in there? Uh, yeah, give me a second. Let me turn the mic on for you. Uh, and so we're going to have you guys reach out your hands in and, and declare this. And you I, can make I the declaration. You can make the declaration. Okay. Oh, you have a mic. Oh, I sorry. have a mic. Um, I just wanted to say in that we're doing this because of what God said about the expansion. And, you know, when he said about the money coming, we're expecting people to come. So it doesn't put the burden on anybody. Right. That's not, I just want to make that clear, that we're not expecting 
you know, that you go home and thinking, we are believing God according to what God has spoken and said. Like you just said, congregational people, people coming in, those were the words of Jerry Savelle. So we're, we're believing, like the 2010 word, that this house will be filled. So with the house being filled, it will take expansion to house all the people because of the whole key is about the harvest and about revival right. and about the move of God. Amen. This whole thing that God is doing across our nation is to change everything that is going on contrary to the Word of God and bring forth His glory and honor in this day. So this is not just about the school, but we know we have to step into the place of the school to save the children because their minds are being targeted and destroyed because of the ungodliness that is going on. And so all of this is about kingdom business. I just want to really stress that, kingdom business. People want to know how to live in the kingdom, how to work in the kingdom. This is how the kingdom of God operates. This is how it works. And when you start stepping into that place and seeing what God has said and seeing what God is doing, you're un you'll understand kingdom's way of doing business. That's really what uh, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things to bring in his agenda into the earth. You know, bringing the agenda of God out of heaven into earth. That's what we're doing. That's what we're looking at. That's what we're grasping. And this is part of the vision of why he gave us the land. He gave us the land on purpose, his kingdom, his will. And I want, to sh I want you to share, as you know a little bit more than I do before we declare. I'm sorry you're standing there. But this land has great significance, more than what we understood when we came up here from Fort Worth, Texas, because God said when we came up here, I'm bringing, in you, bringing you into a good land. And we have not associated all of that until just really recently, the importance of the land that we're on. And you talked about where originally the government seat was going to yeah, be. Yeah, the, uh, the original government seat for Boone County was right here. And uh, the reason why Little Bonfin Baptist Church there is there is because they were they're the very first church in all of Boone County, okay, historically speaking. And the reason they were there is because this area was plotted to be the government seat for Boone County. And uh, somewhere down the road, uh, the, at the last minute, they changed it to put it where it's at now. So God significantly has us here on the original you know, uh, government seat. Now, Columbia originally was Smithville at one time, and there was a move of God that came through here uh, during the Second Great Awakening. And uh, if you if you you know see the Church of Christ, Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, they all came out of that move of God. But that was the Second Great Awakening. A group of people came in, and so it's the founding fathers who wanted to make this area 
the, uh, um, the county seat, like Mr. Stevens, Stevens College, that's him, okay? Uh, is, um, uh, Mr. Smith was very godly back then. Uh, they all decided that, hey, because of the move of God, we're going to change the city to the city of the dove. And that's why it's called Columbia. There is across from the high, uh, library, I mean, uh, when I listen to the people on the news, they call it the stainless steel french fries, which is kind of irreverent. But really, the artist, when he was asked to do a statue for uh, Columbia, what it meant, he did some uh, research and found out that it was called the City of Dove, and that's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a statue, a stainless steel statue of a dove. And so God has us here strategically for that particular reason. I believe that with my whole heart that we're here. And so I can't say a whole lot because we don't know and things change with businesses and stuff. But if it comes to pass the way the last uh, 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 meeting I had with an influential businessman, this area is just primed right now to really bloom financially, business-wise, and everything in the next 10 years if it goes that direction. And it's going to be amazing what God does. And so the government authority on this land is what the enemy's been fighting. And they prayed over this land. They were godly people. They dedicated this land to the be used for the glory of God. Amen. And so let's pray over Eric and Randy. Amen. And so when we see his picture, it's going to be up there. You know, he is our children's minister slash maintenance man slash whatever pastor tells him to do slash. <laughs> All right. Hallelujah kind of way it works right now. Father, we lay our hands on, we lay our hands upon Eric and Randy, and we thank you, God, for Randy's commitment full-time here, but Lord, it's on their hearts to be on staff full-time. So we call them in. We declare they're on staff by faith in the name of Jesus. And whatever transition you need to make, God, you'll make it smoothly and a transition that will glorify God. And we thank you, Father God, they don't have to take a pay cut to work for the kingdom of God. Amen. And that's what we're believing for in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. So Glory to God. Finish. So get ready, get ready, get ready. So finish Well, one more thing I want to share about okay. the school is Vicki and I ran into a student that we sponsored here a few years ago. And he was working. And our hearts with the school was to bring children in from the inner city to give them a different environment. Well, at that particular time, there was an attitude in the family that was not very productive. When we ran into him working, even his mother is working now. And they both grabbed us and thanked us for the impartation we had in this school. So we have and are making a difference. Amen. I have one more vision. You ready? Do you want to do yours, and then I could do the vi one more bit? Whichever way you want to do. Go ahead. You go ahead. I just wanted to say, back to the uh, 2014 word that Dennis Burke gave us out of the Message Bible, because we believe that we have hit that place, and when uh, Brother Jerry said divine acceleration, he said that. The uh, Amos 9, 13 through 15 message Bible says, Yes, indeed, it won't be long now, God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. We believe that we've entered in, because Brother Jerry said we've entered into that divine acceleration. We believe that this year we are going to see some things 
So you're going to watch some things happen that happen so quick. Just get ready for it. Be expecting. That's what I'm trying to say. Be expecting because things have to be in place for things to turn in this nation. They've got to be in place. And so all of this hub, um, hub for revival, for a move of God, has to be in place. And so when uh, Dennis Burke gave us this, we have held on and held on to this. You won't be able to keep up with it. I'm going, glory to God. That sounds like fun. Let's see what that means. Everything will be happening at once, and everywhere you look, blessings, blessings, like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I will make everything right again for my people, Israel, and I just put in there for Family Family Worship Worship Center. They'll rebuild our part of our assignment. They'll rebuild the ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. I just think that means your productivity, what you're doing in your business, what is going on. It's going to be blessed. It's going to go beyond what you can think. This is the word of the Lord. And I'll plant them, and I'll plant them in their own land. This is our land. This is the church's land. This land is very important for this day. They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. And I go back. When he gave us this land, when we paid this off in two and a half years, it was a miracle of God. He gave the land to us. And he said, we'll never be uprooted. I'm just letting you know we're not going anywhere. I'm just letting all of hell know. You couldn't move us off the land. Amen. Just declaring that you could not move us off the land. We didn't go anywhere. We are still here with the word of God. And this 2010 word is about to happen. In fact, we've entered into it. And ladies and gentlemen, get ready. Get ready, because you're about to make a difference. Amen. Hallelujah. So those are the two visions that are the vision of this house. Now, we have our personal visions that we're believing God for. But then here's one other thing that I'm going to share with you. It's not part of the vision, but it's a part of fulfilling the vision. And that is that really pretty soon we're going to need a new parking lot. So this is how I'm praying. Father God, you said in your word that you would supply all of our needs. The parking lot is a place of, re- a place of replacement. We call in the funds to completely put in a new asphalt parking lot at Family Worship Center. Amen. And so that's my declaration. So I want to share one more scripture with you, and uh, then we're going we're gonna to pray here, okay? Job 22, verse 19 through 30 says this, The righteous see it and are glad. And the innocent laugh at them. Surely our adversaries are cut down, and the fire consumes their remnant. Now acquaint yourself with him, and be at peace. Thereby good will come to you. Receive, please, instructions from his mouth, and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. You will be removed from far, you'll, you'll remove iniquity far from your tents, and then you will lay gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of brooks. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and precious 
silver. One of the words that Dennis Burke gave was avalanche of gold. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold. For then you will have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You'll make your prayer to him and he will hear you. And you will pay your vows. Well, actually, what one, one translation says, he will pay your vows. And I'll go over that in just a minute. And you will declare a thing, and it will be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. And when they have cast you down and say, exaltation will come, then he will save the humble person. He'll even deliver one who is not innocent. Yes, he will deliver by the purity of your hands. This is what the Message Bible says, and then that's what's going to enlighten, you know, he'll pay your vows. You'll take delight in God, the mighty one, and look to him joyfully, boldly. You'll, pay to him, you'll pray to him, and he'll listen. He'll help you do what you have promised to do. He'll help you do it. Hallelujah. You know, I shared this last week. We were in a meeting, and, and I tell you, we, we, we were just barely scraping by. And uh, we had a guest minister there, and it was a small Bible study there at Calvary. And God used my wife to help him raise $10,000. And we committed 1000 we didn't have $1,000, you know. We didn't have $100. We may have had $20. And so when we committed that, we felt like God told us to commit that. Within a week, somebody came to us and said, God put it on his heart to give you $1,000. He paid the vow. Now, again, don't be flippant with it and say, well, Pastor, we're going to give you a million dollars if you've <laughs> never seen, you know, maybe 100000 come in or something. But... You know what? If God puts on your heart to do something, then start believing God that it's going to happen, to increase you in a great way. I know many of you have come to us and say, Pastor, I want to pay for the school. Well, when we first started believing for the school and building it, it was $3 million. It's probably about $12 million now. You know, and so, you know, we'd love for you to pay a, give us a $12 million to the school, you know. But if you're not given a million yet, hello, somebody. If you have a million, you can't give it. Well, then go ahead and give it. <laughs> Oh, where's your faith? Come on now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but we're believing God, and it's going to take a lot to do what God wants us to do. But you know what? If God puts it in your heart to do something, he will make sure you have it to do. Amen. All right? And that's the promise of Job. So you shall declare a thing, and it will be established. So that's what we're doing today. We're declaring these things over Family Worship Center Next week, if you're not going to be here and you brought your vision, you want us to pray for it right after service, we definitely will do that, you know. Uh, but if you're going to be here next week, bring your vision. For those who are watching online, bring your vision. Uh, this is why online service is here, so that, you know, we can exhort you if you can't come, but we really can't lay hands on your vision through the Internet. So we encourage you to bring your vision here. Let us lay hands on those visions. We're not going to read them, but we're going to trust that you've heard from God, that you've prayed about this vision, and we're going to set ourselves in agreement as you set yourself in agreement with us. And you have one more thing. <laughs> Y'all know us. I'm so glad. <laughs> oh, good. Spit on the floor. I just want to say thank you to every one of you that have supported us, stood with us, believed with us, prayed with us, those that have prayed over this vision, those that have prayed in your secret times. But I, I want to especially thank a group of women, Patricia, 
and Vi and Tanya, and Jane's not here this morning, that have prayed for how many years? Ten? Since 2010, 13 years, they meet twice a month. And they have prayed over this vision. And they have prayed for this. And I want to thank my Wednesday prayers that have stood, and that's Patricia and Vi, and Emily in the back, and Sharon and Debbie joined us this year, last year, and Cindy joined us last year. But some of us have prayed for 15 years together as a group, and I greatly appreciate your prayers. And when Pastor sat in that chair yesterday, and he said, after I was sharing, because I was so excited, I knew, but I knew that 2010 vision had hooked up to 2023. And that all the prayers that people have prayed have made the difference. And we could not have done that without faithful people, without people caring. And so when Pastor said, the bonds of wickedness are broken. That was everything. Because he doesn't say things like that until he knows. And I knew he heard from God right then. And I knew that I knew. I knew before he said it, but I knew that I knew after he said it. All the prayers that have been prayed. And all the faithfulness of those that have stood strong and have been with us and held with us just by showing up. Thank you. And God will reward you. And God will richly bless you. And God has so many great things for each and every one of you. We believe in you. Our faith and our hope is out there with you because we can't do it alone. And I, we just want to say we love you very much. I'm very thankful for every one of you. I don't care if you're just new to the church or you fought this battle all these years. We're grateful. You're much loved and much prayed for. And we believe. And I'm just going to say what the song says. Don't tell me. He can't do it. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.